When you outcare your competition, then you will eventually win. You'll always take the long game and your facility will thrive. So you have a passion for fitness and the desire to start your own business. But launching a massively successful fitness business is extremely complex. The systems, operations, hiring, firing, coaching, sales, and marketing are critical to success. Where do you even start? This show will give you the answers. Here is Pedros Koulian and Bryce Henson, your hosts of the Fitness Franchise Podcast. A show dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs launch and grow successful gyms. Hey, welcome to the Fitness Franchise Podcast. My name is Bedros Koulian, and that is my co-host, Mr. Bryce Henson, the Vice President of Fitbody Bootcamp. And uh, this podcast is all about helping you make the right decision to see if franchising a fitness business is for you. And to that point, Bryce, we came up with some questions that we get here at headquarters yep. uh, most often from people searching for a fitness franchise. And by the way, guys, it doesn't matter if you're looking at Fit Body Boot Camp or any other brand or fitness concept that's out there. We want to make sure we empower you to be able to make the right decision for yourself. So with that said, these are kind of like the five or 10 questions that we hear from people most often. And so we figured we would empower you with not only the questions, but give you the answers through our lens so that when you're doing research, in case you missed one of these questions, you could ask around in your process of vetting out franchises. So uh, what do you say? Here we go. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. All right. So the biggest question we get off the bat is, you know what? I I have interest in, you know, opening a fitness gym, but I just don't know if it's for me. How do I know if opening a fitness business is for me? Yeah. So, so, so for me, I get was simple, right? So I just kind of go back to how did I know that I wanted to open up gyms? Well, I love making money, helping people. Like I can't ever see myself making money where I'm not impacting people's lives in a positive way. And there's plenty of ways to do that. It's just, and I don't judge anyone who doesn't, does it differently. So one, are you impact driven? Two, do you enjoy fitness? Do, do you like fitness yourself? Uh, if you do, you're probably meant for this. Uh, three, are you a morning person? Because you better be a morning person and want to wake up early enough to you know, help people work out. Even if down the line, you're just going to be an owner operator you may still need to build the thing out yourself and get the machine operating yourself. So there's going to be some early mornings involved, at least in the beginning phase of your business. And so those are kind of the three things I would look at. If you're driven by helping people as you make money, if you're into fitness yourself and working out and you are okay with waking up early and you're good with that, then uh, this might be the opportunity. Yeah. Amen for you. Uh, for me, um, it, it just boils down passion, purpose, right? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm originally from the Midwest. Back in 2004, I moved to California and I was not a fit guy. Taco Bell and the keg parties were the staple of my diet, as embarrassing as to say. Um, so when I first got introduced to fitness in Southern California, um, I kind of went through the ringer. I hired a coach who's actually one of my b- b- best friends at the time. And uh, slowly but surely, I went through my own transformation. And going in through that transformation was just a really eye-opening experience for me. But it wasn't probably until about two years later when I'm at the gym um, and, uh, you know, a guy walks up to me and asks me, hey, how do you lift that set? Or, you know, how do you eat? Like, what you know, sort of nutrition do you take? And that was kind of my first aha moment. Like, oh, wow, maybe actually, you know, being a personal trainer, being a coach, and then eventually owning a gym would be for me. So it really comes down to, like, the impact it made on my life because 
I was in pain and then went through that transformation. It just really empowered me. Uh, and you know, I'm so passionate. So that would be the biggest recommendation I would have. Don't get in it just to look at the dollar signs. Yes, you can make a good living, uh, you know, running a fitness facility if you do it right, but it really needs to come down to passion and purpose. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What's the next question? Uh, next question is like, there's a lot of clients that we can train. What would you say is the best demographic of client to train? Okay, that's a great question. And, and, and here I am going to tell you guys to look at the dollars and cents. Because when I got certified as a personal trainer many, many years ago in 1997, I was like, man, I want to work with athletes. I want to work with athletes and I want to make like great athletes, exceptional athletes. Mm-hmm. And that's all cool. But every single personal trainer who has a education in this wants to work with athletes well guess what athletes have a very short lifespan in whatever sport they're playing athletes are oftentimes broke because they're just always practicing their sport and not necessarily don't have the money and so i found myself training a handful of athletes for free and so which is why i had a couple of side jobs not necessarily a good business model (laughs) exactly great passion model not a great business model Whereas I discovered my other passion, which was what we call here the Mrs. Joneses, right? Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Jones, and we say that with, 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 with love and compassion in our heart because it, it is the mom, it is the woman who takes care of her kids, who takes care of her family and puts herself last, and we want to put them first. And we found that women especially who are the moms, the, the wives, the working, the working women, and and have this desire to lose weight and be fit, they they join a community. They see greater value. They mm-hmm. they stick around, right? Yeah, so one, do. you have client retention. Two, they start referring their friends because mm-hmm. they have friends in the community. So you have a referral, built-in referral base. Three, you're going to have this opportunity to really impact someone's life in a great way and mm-hmm. that someone impacts the household or the wherever they work, right? Their Their, their workplace. And so to me, I found that the Mrs. Joneses are the ideal marketplace for a multitude of reasons, um, including the dollars and cents. Financially, it just makes sense. Yeah, and, and that's very similar to me and kind of going back to my story. When I first went to my transformation, I was 22 years old. So my first thought, I was getting approached by a lot of young guys in their 20s on how to lift weights, how to eat right. Um, so that was my first idea on how to train those clients. And I did pick up you know, some some clients that way when I was you know, became certified as a trainer. But what I realized, and no knock on that demographic, but you know they were inconsistent. They wouldn't show up. It was hard to get them to pay. The fault wasn't there. So just how a lot of frustration with that. And Mm -hmm. really, you know, as B just mentioned, you know, Mrs. Jones is really just, you know, a lot better and more ideal client. The sense of fulfillment uh, that, you know, when you, when you have a client come through and her husband looks at her in a different way again, and uh, you know, it just really is fulfilling from, from that perspective. So um, from a fulfillment perspective, and then of course, from a business perspective, the dollars and cents, uh, that that's a must. Um, But then additionally, and this is something that within Fit Body Bootcamp, we've launched uh, what's called the Fit Body Forever Pro program, a really, really unique clientele to serve is that, you know, uh, demographic in their late 50s, 60s, and even early 70s, mm-hmm. because man, um, you know, where the, the difference is, and of course, you know, still uh, Mrs. Jones and that, or that demographic for their Fit Body Forever clients, they do want to look w- uh, lose weight and look better, of course, it's just human nature, but they're more focused on the functionality of things, how they can, you know, carry their groceries in, can they play with their grandkids, and that, from my experience, is like the most fulfillment, and I can tell you those clients... They're always on time. They're never late in their payments. So, you know, between those two demographics, in my particular perspective, are, are definitely the best. Yeah, great observation. So it's, it's weird because by the time 
we started doing the Fit Body Forever program here in Fit Body Bootcamp, I had already stopped working with clients, right? Because I was focused more on the building and development of the franchise. And so I never really had the opportunity. I, I had a couple of, like, let's say, baby boomers and aging adults. Mm-hmm. And I know they were, they were a joy to work with. But, you know, when I look at Stephen Hadley, oh, yeah. Daphne, Alabama, um, he has his regular Fit Body Bootcamp clients, you know, what we call the Mrs. Joneses. And then he's got his, his Fit Body Forever clients who he says they're, it's like coming to his Fit Body location is the highlight of their day. And he loves that. Yep. What a great feeling when someone's excited to see you. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next up, at the time of this taping, it's March of 2021. So hopefully we're at what is the tail end of COVID. But the biggest question is how is the fitness industry and how have gym owners, uh, you know, fared with COVID? Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, look, we're not going to try and sugarcoat anything. I think yeah. all, not I think, I know for a fact, because the stats are out there, that all gym brands have suffered, some more than others. Mm-hmm. And that is because some thought that it was only going to be a two to four week flatten the curve thing. And so mm-hmm. they said, hey, let's all shut down and take the wait and see approach. Mm-hmm. And when things open up in two to four weeks, we'll just go back to business as usual. Now, we took a different road with Fit Body Bootcamp in that we decided that we're not just going to hope that we'll be back open in four weeks or no, so. Sir. We just assumed that this lockdown is going to continue and pivoted to online coaching within three days of shutting down our locations, yep. right? And so we asked our Fit Body franchise owners to shut down their locations. So we didn't have, in terms of percentage-wise, we didn't have anywhere near the percentage of locations shut down, meaning permanently go out of business, that uh, you know reportedly you see others had, other brands had. But it's only because the approach we took was proactively, let's assume this is going to be worst case scenario Mm -hmm. and build an online coaching program and serve our clients that way versus, hey, um, there was one particular brand, very well known, and there's news articles about them all over media, Mm -hmm. where they just told their franchisees, look, stop charging your clients their their monthly dues, shut down, Mm -hmm. and we'll all be reopening. And we're going to shut down the corporate office and we're all going to be reopening in, you know, two to four weeks. Well, we know historically now it was a year of shutdowns pretty much. Here we are. And so when you do that, you lose a lot of business. And so while COVID did impact businesses, it, especially gym businesses, it didn't impact the ones who decided to kind of recreate themselves. And there was plenty of other brands other than Fit Body Bootcamp who did recreate themselves. Yeah. And aside from the virtual you know, program, which we, we pivoted to very quickly, we linked up with an awesome vendor called Trainerize and was able to ne- negotiate a really great deal for our franchisees above and beyond kind of what the market I- entails. Um, additionally, when you know things, regulations were lifted of June of last year, mm-hmm. right? Because we went in a lockdown, hard lockdown for a few months, but then things started to open up in some cases like New York and Michigan and California kind of locked back down. Uh, but what we did is we created what's called the train in place modality, mm-hmm. which is a structured approach. Uh, we basically, you know, a- empowered our franchisees with a different protocol to make sure that our clients are training safely and in place, um, you know, masks on and off while we're entering and exiting the facility, but, you know, having that clear pathway while they're working out. Uh, so we just, you know, really increased the amount of protocol and, uh, and really support for our, our locations and the clients and they really uh, love that experience and grateful for it. Yeah. And, and again, that's an important thing, right? So it's like, how quickly can you reinvent and pivot and reinvent and pivot again? And if you were willing to do that during that COVID period, the impact, negative impact wasn't felt as much. But 
every di- every single brand in the fitness industry felt the impact, including us. It's just the severity for some were worse than others. Touche. Uh, yeah. um, all right. Next up, uh, very common question. Someone's coming through the the pipeline, interested in opening their launching their 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 fitness facility and getting their doors open. Uh, what's the timeline it takes? But by the time they've made that commitment, they've made that decision until their actual doors are open. Yeah. So. So th- th- there was a time when I used to be a franchise business advisor, right? In other words, I was a franchise salesperson here mm-hmm. at our at our at our company, Fit Body Bootcamp. And so um, I've always taken the route of just being brutally honest with people. Mm-hmm. And I found that if you can be brutally honest with people, you're never going to get caught with your shorts around your ankles. And so <laughs> in my particular case, I was like, look, best case scenario, you're going to be open in whatever five, six months. It it may go as long as seven, eight months because you've got a city that might ask for a conditional use permit. You've got, you know, depending on the time of the market, you might have poor availability of of just locations to lease, Yep. right? And so, or a contractor might have hit a gas pipe or a contractor might have shown up as a unicorn but delivered a donkey and so it's taken twice as long to build your place out. All those things have happened. Now, you know, there's always a kind of the shooting star or the unicorn events where I think our record Fit Body Bootcamp location was opened like in 42 days, but it was like a vanilla shell place and the person, like everything lined up. stars lined. Everything lined up. But realistically, give yourself a good six to nine months to have your location picked out, built out, and opened. And there's a lot to do in the community in terms of marketing and getting the word out and getting the buzz out during that time anyway. So there's a lot of pre-marketing that happens during that phase. Yeah, totally. And the biggest thing, and I've, I've I had the pleasure and opportunity to open five locations, right? And to your point, it varies, right? You know, a couple cities that were just smooth sailing, one city, like the conditional uh, use permit mm-hmm. took a lot of time. So there are factors at play. Um, I've opened up one as soon as three months and then upwards of seven months. So, but I'm an action taker and you might, you know, bet your bottom dollar my nose was the payment kind of, you know, working with the real estate agent and finding locations. But the location is the, definitely the hardest, you know, to, uh, you know, thing to, to negotiate and really get into. And it really just depends in, in tough times when actually the economy's down, kind of like back in 2008, when I first was, you know, opening my first fit body location in 2012, there was a lot more vacancy. So it's actually quicker right. to get in. Right. right. But as the economy kind of got better and better, then, you know, less vacancies are there. But now we're, you know, obviously in the, in the COVID afterglow, it actually is a good time good for time. action takers yeah. that yeah. can kind of weather the storm and realize that this is, you know, everything goes in seasons, right? Yeah. Um, but you have to act. So that's number one. And then you really hit this. Um, this is something I've learned from you over the years. Marketing is everything. So at the end of the day, you need to get your lease signed, but then you got to put a full court press on your marketing effort because you want to be the gym owner that opens up with 200, you know, people on your challenge to basically, you know, uh, turn into, you know, paying clients. Right. And if you don't, and if you're, you know, don't do anything from a marketing perspective and you open your doors and you're not, you know, you don't have any clients, you're just really setting yourself up, setting yourself up for a long road ahead. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. And the analogy I always give to people is, look, you've got your whole build out. Once you sign your lease, two things start, the build out and the pre-marketing. And that pre-marketing is going to ensure that your doors open up with like the wow factor. Mm-hmm. Lots of people on your challenge in our case, because we run a challenge first and then convert those challenge members into ongoing clients, et cetera. Because at the end of the day, nobody wants to eat at an empty restaurant. No. So could you imagine opening your doors? It's grand opening day and it's like chirp, chirp. Like, yeah, oh, it's flat. It's flat. It's over. Now you got to build up from there. Good luck. Yeah. Tough. 
All right, cool. Next up, uh, moving on, uh, the best strategies to find your location. We always get this question. So uh, from your perspective, B, what would you say the best strategies are? Dude, I got to tell you, I'm a bit like Sam Walton. Have you ever read the Sam Walton book? I haven't. Okay, so Sam Walton founded um, Walmart, and he had a little putt-putt airplane, um, you know, a little Cessna whatever, propeller-powered one, and he would take off from Little Rock, Arkansas, he would take off on his plane and he would just fly over and find like, all right, that big dirt plot right there at the edge of the highway in that one street, that's that's where I'm going to open that's up. That's the spot. Yeah, and I think back then it was like five and dimes, you know, okay. uh, is what he called them. Um, and it later became Walmarts. But I'm a big fan of getting in my car and saying, what city do I want to be in? And just start driving around in the areas that I would want to open up my Fit Body Boot Camp or mm-hmm. whatever your gym brand is going to be. Mm-hmm. And then I look through the window and I go, is it big enough? Who are the neighbors? Because look, a broker, which you ought to use, mm-hmm. is going to give you like, hey, there's a square footage of this and there's a this and the, you, you get the stats. I don't know who the neighbors are. I don't know what's across the street. I don't know what's on the pad. Is it a Chick-fil-A? Is it a Starbucks? Mm-hmm. Those two things make a big difference. Is it a Taco Bell? That makes a bigger difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taco Bell? Probably not, right? And so I like to just go, and then I, what I do is I use my camera, and I take a picture of the for lease sign. And then at the end of the day, let's say I've found five places that I think would fit my standards of where I, I'd want to be. Then I'll send those to my broker and go, hey, here's the order. In a perfect world, here's the order that I want to be in these locations. Yep. Go get them Tiger. And I'll start calling the landlord or the other agent myself mm-hmm. because, let's face it, brokers are a little lazy. They can be. Uh, and same are, same with landlords. They're not the most motivated people at times. And so you've got to really rattle their cage to get that location. Yeah, you certainly do. And, and that's been my experience, B, um, having opened five locations. Um, the, my first location uh, was basically I was introduced to a list of brokers, kind of reached out to them. But truth be told, after two weeks, I just wasn't getting the response in the listings that I you know, w- was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to your point, I literally got in my car, drove around the city of Yorba Linda, Anaheim Hills, which is in North Orange County, just kind of next to our, our studio here. And uh, as it turns out, actually, I called a listing. I thought I was calling a specific unit. It turns out I was calling a broker, uh, but the broker was young. He was in early tw- early to mid-20s. His dad was in the business for a long time, but he was just cutting his teeth. as like hungry. Mm. Uh, so within a very short amount of time, he calls me back, shows me like a bunch of listings. And as it turns out, he ended up placing me into my first location. And then having that contact, he ended up placing me in my four other California locations just for having that contact. But, but not broke. All brokers are, are made equal. You got to get someone who's ambitious, who's motivated, who return your calls. Um, so that you know would be foundational number one. And then the secondary thing that I really think is important to, to, to pull up, um, and certainly we have the value of, of our franchise having a territory mapping system and where you can see the demographics yes. and kind of get laser focused because there is a lot to what's the famous saying, location, location, location. Yep. Uh, and there's a lot to it. So you do want to be able to, you know, obviously look at the space, make sure it checks out, the neighbors are there, but you also want to make sure that it has the right demographic. It has the right amount of money in terms of income, because if, you know, you can have the best program ever, but if the location is not in a really ideal place, it's going to be an uphill climb. Well said. Yeah, yeah, great, 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 great points. So uh, next up, um, you get your lease, you're ready to go. How do you execute the build out? How do you, you know, create the, the facility that you're looking for? Yeah, well, th- that I think is a great, the beauty of a, an established franchise yeah. is that they're going to give you, like part of what we do at Fit Body Bootcamp here is we give you like, hey, here's effectively the blueprint, like a 3D 
drawing graphic of the footprint of the location that you want, where the equipment would go, and you would then pass that along to a contractor mm-hmm. who is qualified to execute that and build it out. So there is no like guesswork where okay, now I'm standing in a vanilla shell that's you know whatever two thousand three thousand square feet, mm-hmm. and do I put the rig there and the dumbbells there or here? Where's the front desk go? Like all of that. An established franchise will help you, should help you figure out, just like we help people find the right territory based on demographics, traffic par- patterns, and you know household income, right? Yeah. Um, so those things are important. So I think for a franchise, I wouldn't necessarily go with the franchise that kind of shrugs their shoulders and goes, I don't know, you would just kind of uh, you know find the place and build it out. It's like, wait a minute, you don't have a system for that? If yeah. there's no system for that, that's a red flag. Yeah, it, and it can be a lot, you know. And honestly, yeah. the first time, you know, opening my first gym, it's just I was overwhelmed. Thankfully, I had that franchise support. Um, but I've heard horror stories of other friends back in the East Coast that, you know, didn't go the franchising option. And they, they lost a lot of time, uh, energy, money in terms of the build out. The, it wasn't basically maximized or optimized to the perfect amount of space. They couldn't, you know, ultimately yeah. train the amount of clients they need. So it is important to be well thought out um, to, you know, the value of a franchise is to be able to provide that guidance to you. And then also just have a good contractor, um, you know, make sure that you sit down and really uh, kind of think, think, think things through before you, you know, start, you know, getting the hammer out and really, uh, you know, starting the bill out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, next up, a uh, very, very popular question in running a fitness business. Uh, what is the biggest expense, you know, on a month to month basis of running a fitness business? Gosh, um, I guess that's different depending on the business, right? Because if you're thinking about, like when we look at a gym that has a whole bunch of equipment in there, like think cable machines, Nautilus machines, free weights, typically mm-hmm. those get leased from, you know, you're leasing those from Precore, um, Nautilus, et cetera, those brands, Cybex, Hoist. And are you thinking like a big box gym where you have just a ton of machinery and equipment? Yeah, 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 you're leasing those. And so that becomes a pretty expensive endeavor. On the flip side, when you look at a gym that's functional, um, like Fit Body Bootcamp, we do a lot of functional stuff. Well, the equipment isn't so much that big a deal because for a few thousand bucks, mm-hmm. you got your equipment. So with us, um, I think the biggest expense might be, and again, it pales in comparison to the expenses of um, other brands, but payroll, it's either going to be payroll. I mean, you'd probably speak to this better because mm-hmm. you know you actually run a Fit Body Bootcamp location. It's either going to be payroll or, or maybe just your rent. Yeah, and that's really what I have in my agenda, rent and payroll, and that's yeah. because our model is the functional type, right? There's a lot of gym businesses and models out there that you got to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just on equipment alone, you know, from a leasing perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, f- for our model, the Fit Body Bootcamp model. Uh, it's an open shell. Uh, you have your functional equipment, uh, so your rent's you know certainly an expense, but uh, your payroll. And uh, you know, kind of the next question is like, what type of team do you need to kind of get going? But to kind of you know put a bow on that, your payroll, your team, your coaches are your product. So that would yeah. probably be from an expense perspective what you're looking at. You know, when you launch your business. Yeah. Um, so that said, kind of tail that in. Um, what do you need in terms of you know a team when you are opening a gym? So. Where that's concerned, when I had my one-on-one personal training gyms back in the day, right, Premier Results before Fit Body, we ever created Fit Body Bootcamp, um, man, I had about 15 personal trainers working at each of my gyms, and then I had a general manager and assistant manager. Um, the general manager focused on sales all day long. The assistant manager did part-time sales, part-time managing of the trainers. And so when you look at it, 15, 16, 17 people like employees per location. And so my profit margins were thin because it was a one-on-one mm-hmm. training. And so what I loved when I 
kind of committed to the idea of the boot camp group training model was one on many mm -hmm. because payroll dramatically goes down. When payroll goes down, profit margins go up. Mm -hmm. And so I really like the idea of you know having a very thin team. And so Fit Body Bootcamp kind of lends itself to, you know, if it's gonna be owner operated, it might be you might be able to run it with, you know, yourself and two others. Uh, maybe yourself and three others. And then if you're going to pull yourself out, then it might be three to four team members, which is like incredible when you think about it. Totally. And it's scalable, right? Because yeah. to your point, when you know you are launching your business, it is a good idea to kind of make sure you're there, you're present, you learn, you know, iron out the kinks and you really learn by doing. Um, so you could have a smaller team, but then as you grow your business, you're going to have to take on an extra coach um, or two. And uh, we have, you know, at Fit Body Bootcamp, we have in our franchise, we have uh, three types of positions. We have our coaches, which our coaches are our product. They're the ones delivering the results, mm -hmm. um, you know, to Mrs. Jones, our clientele. You have your facility coordinator who is really just a supercharged, beefed-up admin uh, who's good with processes and systems to make sure the T's are, are crossed and the I's are dotted. And then you have your facility leader who's usually the face of the business. It can be the owner, but it doesn't necessarily have to, especially as you get the business off the ground. But typically, they do a lot of the coaching. They're kind of the head coach, really the face of the business. So those would be the three categories, at least in our space, um, you know, of team that you need to really operate a thriving business. Yeah, and, and how neat that your product are your coaches especially, and you don't need a lot of coaches in a group training environment. But again, concept to concept, that factor is very different it because is. you may very well need a lot of employees depending on the different franchise concepts that are out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, last big question that comes through, because certainly the fitness industry, even though it's growing, uh, it crushes me. The obesity rate is, is what it is, and mm -hmm. CDC hasn't put out their latest stats, but from last year, the last report that I saw was 43% of the U.S. population mm -hmm. is statistically obese. So um, while there's a good amount of competition, uh, this is something that we both align on. The fast food joints, in our perspective, are a competition, right? Because yeah. that's really causing the, the major issue uh, in the obesity endemic, the, uh, pandemic, which is the real pandemic that we're referring to. Um, but that all said, the big question comes up like, okay, I, I'm, you know, concerned about, you know, what the competition looks like. So, you know, yeah. can you shed some light on that? Yeah. So again, this is where I always use my marketing mind and it doesn't matter if you're actually a gym, a restaurant, a cupcake shop, um, a shoe store, like what makes you different, right? What makes you different? The moment you can identify and clearly state your point of differentiation, mm -hmm. you have now one community superiority like you're the best gym you're the best restaurant you're the best the authority shoe store the authority yeah. yeah because if you can go hey look they're all apples but we're a carrot mm -hmm. right and we're a carrot because of these three things and it's like wow okay you've clearly defined your differentiation point now and there's another great thing that happens when you are able to create a usp a unique um Selling proposition. Unique selling proposition. And your unique selling proposition is your point of differentiation. And when you have that USP, you can now increase your price points because no one's shopping you around anymore. For example, uh, Fit Body Bootcamp, one thing we do all the time is we just keep pumping out before and after pictures. Transformations, transformations is transformations, what we're about. Transformations. Yeah. We want to show 30, 40, 50, 100 plus pounds of weight loss on our clients. And we thrive on the fact that we pump out more transformations than anybody else out there. And so, like, irrefutably, when people go, well, you know, they have technology and heart rate monitors and um, you guys uh, don't. 
I go, sure. We deliver results, and when a client gets results, they stay, pay, and refer, Mm -hmm. right? No one ever signs up at a gym because they go, gosh, I'm looking to do 100 workouts straight using a lot of technology. They, anyone, most people, 99.9% of the people who sign up at any kind of gym, it's because there's a pain that's keeping them awake at night, and it's usually in the form of they're unhappy with their body and their health, and they want to reduce the body fat and get in shape and feel better about themselves, and we create the transformation, which is really the hardest thing. So that is our point of differentiation that sets us apart from everybody else. And that is how we are able to maintain a higher price point than everyone else on the market. So, you know, competition becomes irrelevant when value is demonstrated and differentiation is positioned. Um, And we've done a darn good job of that. And so whatever brand you're looking at vetting out in terms of fitness franchise, like truly ask them, how are you guys different? And then list off other brands. And if they go, if they list off like things that don't make sense to you, like press them on it, Mm -hmm. right? Like I would press them on it because at the end of the day, if you're a cupcake and you're a cupcake and you're a cupcake, unless something makes you very, very different, people are just going to arbitrarily decide based on price Mm -hmm. and not value and differentiation. Totally. I love that from a marketing mind in the USP position. Um, two things come to mind for me, um, and no matter what brand or what you know model you're looking at, if you're in the fitness space, uh, number one, you are not in the fitness business primarily. You're not primarily in the health business, the coaching business, or the nutrition business. Primarily, you have to realize that you're in the people business, mm-hmm. and uh, that is foundational to your success because when you're working with people, you have to really care about them, right? And it can't be, and certainly from our perspective, you know, you can make a very good living, um, you know, specifically in the fitness model and in the fitness business model. However, you can't lose sight of the fact that you need to care and you can genuinely, your clients can sense that, right? Yeah. You know, and in what we say, you know, at our franchise, you have to outcare your competition. When you outcare your competition, then you will eventually win. You'll always take the long game and your facility will thrive. Uh, so that's number one. And then piggybacking, it really kind of, you know, articulates into the second point. Um, and your friend Tom Villu had mentioned this uh, at one point that I saw on on a podcast of his, um, there's always room at the top. And at the end of the day, if you're coming in, no matter what model you're looking at, no matter what, you know, brand, and if you're just looking to be average or mediocre, then forget about it, right? You need to come in with the mentality that I'm going to be the best. I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to do whatever it takes to basically show value, Mrs. Jones, create this amazing transformation, create create this amazing community. And when you do that, and to your perspective, from a marketing uh, perspective, when you can demonstrate that, uh, then your competition uh, will remain obsolete. So Yeah, yeah. Famous words from Tom Bilyeu. And by the way, Tom Bilyeu. He was a co-founder of Quest Bar Nutrition. Um, he said, hey, look, there's always room at the top for the very best. And proof of that is the automotive industry is probably one of the most Ooh. congested and competitive industries on the planet, right? Ford, GM, uh, Dodge, Chrysler, uh, Toyota, Honda, Nissan have been around for, gosh, decades, decades. And then in comes good old Elon mm-hmm. Musk with Tesla, and he's got a better product, yep. period, yep. a better product. And today, Tesla, uh, the company is worth more than the Ford Motor Company. And that speaks volumes to uh, differentiation. And there's always room at the top for the very best. Amen to that. So 
Well, Mr. B, uh, that's really the, the main topics of today's uh, you know content. Um, anything else to add for our viewers today? No, and I think to that point, um, as, as viewers, guys, since this is one of our newer podcasts, we'd love for you to help us spread the word. And so if you will take a screenshot of this podcast and share it in your stories on social media and be sure to tag Bryce and myself, uh, that would mean a lot to us. And of course, on iTunes, go to iTunes and give us a five-star review and remember to uh, leave a little testimonial there for others who are interested in starting a fitness business, uh, letting them know that this is the place to be. So thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next time. Thanks guys.